Roof Fio! Sexual Awakening <laughs> Podcast. Finally, <laughs> chapter one. This is your inner child is an idiot, the podcast where we revisit things from your childhood. That made cr- you have a boner. <laughs> and then crush that boner. <laughs> Ooh, that can actually happen. You can, you can break the bones. You can break the, the colloquially known as bone. It's not your... actually a bone, Damon. Little known fact. Medical fact. <laughs> this is our uh, penis medicine <laughs> podcast. So this is a very special episode for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Before, I, so let's uh, let's uh, take it back a, a notch. I'll talk about me first because that's less interesting and then we'll talk about you. So, uh, which is always the case. Just, just tell us how many times you came when watching it and then we can move on. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Hook, the movie Hook today. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed Hook. Robin Williams starring Julie Roberts, Bob Being in uh, Bob Hoskins. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, hello. Dustin Hoffman. And Uh, a slew of oddly placed cameos, if memory serves. uh, Is this the one that um, Andy Richter's in, or is that Cabin Boy? (laughs) (laughs) Is this the one where David Letterman has the monkey, the sock monkey? (laughs) Um, So... I think I have much less of a connection to this movie than you do, uh, for reasons we'll get into. But also, I was a lost boy. Little I know, fact. I know. I Check saw IMDb. it. <laughs> I still, won't let you say anything. Some would argue you still are. <laughs> a lot of uh, Christians at the airport would mm. say Christians now, at the airport. What are my referencing? Christians like, at the what ar- is it? Nineteen seventy-five to you're me. Thinking of Hare Krishna, right? <laughs> But there's um, still there's not religious people no, at the airport anymore. It's not a thing. They don't 9/11. let them hang out. <laughs> 9/11. Hello. Oh, were we letting religious fanatics hang out at the airport? <laughs> when were we doing that? I missed the initial hook thing when it came out. Like I didn't what? see it. Is there a secondary hook well, thing? Well, I mean, like my all my friends had watched it. Like my my best friend Brad used to rec- like quote it all the time. He would yell Rufio and some other line, and then also the Little Rascals movie. I don't know why, but this is we would have been. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know, like thirteen, fourteen. Tweens. Yeah. What year was it? Ninety two. I think. Is that when that came out? What? I Little done. Rascals or Hook? Either one. I think Hook is ninety two. Okay. Don't look at the facts. No. Just go can't. off my memory. We'll we'll confirm or deny later, but. So I missed, like, I didn't see it and I didn't know what anybody was talking about. It wasn't so popular like something like Home Alone or something where you couldn't miss out. Right. No, it wasn't that level. It wasn't like things. a phenomenon, but it was popular enough that when people quoted it, you know, sometimes you just let that go. It wasn't important. Like, it didn't entice me to watch it. I was just like, okay. And then I saw it and I, I even as a kid, I remember being like, okay. You saw it finally as a kid? Yeah, I did. Some, I'm sure I was, it was some... Mrs. Doubtfire hook <laughs> double feature or something somewhere. Here's some shit. <laughs> you watch your mouth. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is a cinema Mrs. classic. Mrs. Doubtfire is great. We'll come back to that Another one. great milestone in LGBT history. <laughs> Hello. <gasps> um, so that's my main connection. And then you weren't the first, but you were the most prominent uh, in my life person who told me is How there much another? Of a, I can't remember who else told me. It might have been a woman, but it was someone told me it was a. Very, I was going to say if it was another gay man, there was going to be like a Highlander sword fight. There on can a be mountain. only one. <laughs> that was lightning hitting my sword. I've never seen Highlander. I don't know if that happens. Damon, tell me about Rufio. Oh, 
I was really trying to avoid it. Uh... Well, you know, Hook is a, sort of like a sequel to Peter Pan, and yeah. So the the premise <laughs> no, I, of this I'll, movie I'll, is wait. Let me let me see if I can remember because you, you you've watched it more recently than me. Uh, it's it's just an older Peter Pan, right? Robin Williams is like Peter Pan grown up, and he goes back to never never. It's important to remember. I mean, I remember there being kind of like a me, uh, media blitz, if I can use that term. Can I? Can I yeah. judges? Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Um, I remember it being very big. I remember like there were toys, and I kind of remember the toys were like hook, 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 pan, pan, pan. Like I remember that from the Whoa. like they would have these sort of Ninja Turtle like toys, like and there was a lot of accessories. Really? And I think when you watch the Lost Boy scene, you'll see where all those accessories came from. Okay. There was a lot of accessories and uh, shit you can buy, a lot of figures you could buy. I think there were a lot of tie-ins. I hope. I mean, I don't remember this being a thing, but I hope to God, to the marketing gods, that Pizza Hut like was like, Pan Pizza, got it, Pan got Pizza, it. Got Peter it. Pan Pizza. You really missed do out it. if you didn't do that. Yeah. yeah, I bet someone right there now is like, fuck. <laughs> now, 25 <laughs> years later, they're like, oh. God bless it. You know, that would have been good. <laughs> that was before the Pan Pizza, though. So, so we didn't have the technology to make a <laughs> smaller pan. <laughs> How do you make it smaller? It's this size. I think so. I've, I'm familiar with the Peter Pan mythos in a general sense, but I don't think I was ever as maybe into it as society at large thought no, I, I was. Think, I think everyone's knowledge at, in general, I mean, of course, there are probably people who have the seen the play, but I mean, most people are just D- Disney's Peter Pan. Yeah. That's what they know. That's what I've seen. And I maybe saw it once and I was like, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Pirates, uh, there's a the kid right. who won't grow up. There's a crocodile. Um, yeah, he's this one. I mean, it was it was like a big deal, and I remember kind of like I don't know if I really liked the movie, right? But DJ, you what know you what did, did like? <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> that pretending that we haven't already mentioned him. <laughs> uh, uh, just to sort of sum up the movie, I mean, Peter Pan, Robin Williams, just talking he comes around back. it. You can't talk well, around it. I want to get forever. to who he is before I. <laughs> okay. Uh, so eventually, an older Peter Pan who does not remember that he's Peter Pan for whatever reason yeah. comes back to Neverland. There's a lot of cocaine in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> no, Robin Williams, R.I.P. Oh yeah, sorry. He did do a lot of cocaine. In the 80s. <laughs> I thought that was a fact. Um, he comes back, and the Lost Boys are being led by Rufio. Okay. Who we can look up the actor's name later. But he um he is this he's the oldest of the Lost Boys. All the other Lost Boys in the movie are like like they hit the the ceiling is like 10. Mm-hmm. But then Rufio is probably like 13 or 14, which would have been a little bit older than I was yeah. at the time. He uh has this huge like coxcomb of hair. Mm-hmm. Um he's uh, very uh, baby-faced. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and he wears a ba- this is what this is what is tattooed to quote Elaine Bennis tattooed on my brain. He has a half shirt on. Mm. He has like a jacket, but then there's like a shirt that shows off like the he's whole belly football. button. Yeah. Oh, don't don't get me started on that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm like the whole movie. I'm transfixed by Rufio's navel, and I'm like. <laughs> This is probably normal. I just won't bring it up with my parents or anyone ever and then die alone. But I mean, I was like into it. Rufio was my jam. Yeah. And he's like, he's got swagger. He's like, oh, he's smirking and shit. 
There's, I mean, there's more than a little sexuality to Rufio then. I mean, I think when you watch this, you'll probably be gay. You don't have to defend You'll probably yourself. be gay. It's what I'm saying. You were. It's not. Your marriage is about to fall apart for a podcast. <laughs> Listen, it's only weird you're now sick. because you're in your 30s. It's At the weird. Time, and, it was fun. And I'm already nervous wa- about that we're about to watch this again because I know the same thing that happened with Atreyu is going to happen again <laughs> where you have this sexual baggage and this these like burgeoning sexual memories from when you're a kid, but yeah. you're now also an adult and you're like looking at it's. I'm like, I don't like this. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm not looking forward to watching my girl for that reason. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I laughed like that. Like Tony, they're uh, popping fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, anything else besides? So wait, just to get into a little bit, was this like a I might like boys moment, or was that like an already established thing? If you, no, if this you care was, to share this that. was a very much an I might like boys I might, moment. I might like things that are different than right. other people, like that the I know navel likes. of whoever's playing Rufio, right? Um, the other thing I do remember from this movie is that when Maggie Smith is introduced, Maggie Smith plays Wendy from the original story of Peter Pan okay. as an old woman. Right. I think Maggie Smith is in her fifties when she filmed this, but she's aged up to look like an old lady, like, like she know, doesn't a hundred years old. <laughs> right. But the first time you see her, she's at the top, she's at the landing of a staircase lit from the back. So she's just a silhouette. And I remember thinking she looked like a creepy marionette. That's all I remember as a kid. Yeah. It was very action-packed, and I feel like the the sets are going to be really cool, but I feel like this is going to be otherwise weird and a, kind of a weird cash-in. Because, I mean, it's also important to note, like, we're sort of in the midst where someone making a movie like Hook, in fact, they just did make a prequel to Peter Pan that bombed a few years ago, or last year. They did? Pan. Oh, right. Um, but, I, I mean... about that. It's very commonplace now to have these sort of revivals and like yeah. after the fact sequels and like let's revisit these characters from a hundred years ago. Like, but that was very novel, I guess, in 1992. Yeah. And uh, so I think that made this a bigger deal than Pan, 2015's Pan. Um, okay, let's, wa- let's watch it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> like, you, like, there was a chance we weren't going to watch. You know what? You know- I've I think des- we're gonna watch it. I've decided that we're gonna continue this episode and not just put this in the <laughs> put vault this on the shelf in the Y I C I A I vault. Like when we recorded for Muppet Babies and then we couldn't find anything, so we're, <laughs> we're like, just well, keep it for later. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Um, all right, join us. You can find uh, Hook on uh, DVR. Is where I got it. <laughs> you, it I think it's cable. currently. I mean, I can't speak if you're listening to this a year from now, but I mean, yeah. it's currently on Netflix. Okay. Probably rent it on Amazon. Now, Netflix. Um, it's like, I mean, you know how people say the internet? Right. Well, sometimes people just say the net. And flicks. I never re- really thought about what an antiquated um, portmanteau Netflix is. Yeah, and net also flicks. And then flicks, which is. We're going to go see a flick. You got a nickel to go see an afternoon flick? Well, we'll search for the times on the net. <laughs> Damon. Bangarang. Bangarang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we are we are back. We have just finished the two hours and twenty minutes. We just got hooked. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and pan fried? That's not good. Sure. We'll stick with hooked. Yeah. No, you're in the right direction. Nah, nah, I didn't like it. No ideas are bad ideas, clearly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we just uh, finished that movie. Uh, Hook, 1991. Yes, 1991. Hook, correction. Uh, We'd like to issue a correction in the same episode. <laughs> Instead of editing it, we're just going to say we were wrong before. Wait, just edit this back in. 1991. <laughs> Sorry, I was laughing. We'll have to do it again later. 1991. There you go. Um, yeah, we just watched Hook uh, starring uh, Robin Williams, uh, yep. uh, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Hoffman, Julia Roberts, Bob Hoskins, David Crosby, Glenn Close, uh a young Gwyneth Paltrow. Sure. There's uh, another weird cameo. There's one more. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, so let's let's jump in. We'll we'll recap it and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So this is a little meandering. So I'm gonna do my best to keep us on uh, track while you make jokes and pull me totally off track. Topic. <laughs> I'll do what I can. Uh, Peter is a bad dad. He's uh, Robin Williams is Peter uh, Banning, um, right? And he which kind of, sounds a lot like Pan. I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Um, There's a plosive at the beginning. <laughs> so he's a bad dad. We established that in different ways. He's kind of dismissive of his kids. He doesn't show up to the. Uh, he's not listening while his uh, most. Daughter is in a production of Peter Pan. He's right. taking a phone call in the middle of the audience. That's which, his his like go to, and that's like movies go to. Like, how do you prove someone's either a bad wife, a yeah. bad husband, bad parent? Just have them on their cell phone all the time. Yeah, that's like the just ah, uh, you you get the idea. They're always on their phones. Even though I guess studies today would show that everyone's on their phone all the time. Whenever I look to my right and left. When I'm on the interstate, for example, I see plenty of people on their phones. Guys, come on. Anyway, yeah, Peter Banning, always on his phone. And he yeah. accepts a phone call, like, in the play. In the, in the you know, cafetorium or whatever they're having the, the, the play. Um, and he has a conversation around the middle of it. And, of course, his wife is upset with him because that's ridiculous. But And his child is even also upset with him. And he sets a meeting for the next day at 8 a.m., and his son goes, no, my game, my big game. And then we're like, what kind of baseball game happens at 8 a.m.? Uh, my favorite part of that is that not only does he say, hey, Dad, my, 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 my game's at that time. He is holding a baseball. Yeah. Like, wh- why are you holding it? Why do you have that? He had a mitt and a baseball in his hand. I'm not going to be defending this movie a lot, but kids do, like, if they're into something, they like, I used to always have, like, a baseball glove with me. At your sister's play, Probably. DJ? Have you seen a sister's play? <laughs> 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 Any sister. Any sister. Any <laughs> sister. Um, I so, guess by default I have. I'm sure someone's. I've been in a play with someone's sister. <laughs> we cut to the the big game that Robin Williams Peter is not at. Oh no! The meeting ran long. The meeting ran long. He sends someone from his office with a video camera. Uh, to yeah, which is a weird move. Um, which is also weird because I mean I don't want to get too technical here, but he's leaving the meeting when he sends the person to go videotape the thing. So it's like, why don't you just rush to the game because the other person gets there in time to see yeah, stuff? Because it cuts to his office and it's the weirdest workplace ever. They're like, they're kind of like uh, 
like a training video uh, workplace <laughs> where they're right. all like super friendly and kind of joking around, but not in any really funny way. And they they tell him he's like on a flight somewhere. We don't really know yet right. where he's going, but he's got to take a flight somewhere. And they're like, don't let your arms get tired all in unison, <laughs> which is like, so does he say that all the time? And if so, does that mean he's flying all the time? And if he's flying all the time... Why is he so scared? Why are you guys treating this like he's <laughs> getting on a rocket ship or something to Alpha Centauri? Like, this is so weird. Um, so anyway, very small point in a very large uh, line of weird things happening. Yeah, and I mean, he also he gets to the baseball game after that. And one of the things that stuck out to me at this point in the movie is that there's a piano track... Um, now, I think it should be noted that John Williams of Jaws theme, Superman theme, Harry Potter theme, Star Wars, Star Wars Jurassic theme, Park. all themes that you remember, he was the uh, composer for this was movie. Really? I think, yeah, he was. Mm. He, there's this weird piano track that sounds like what you would assume would be like the training video for a Wendy's. Like it's just like a like a tinkling piano that doesn't seem to be matching anything that's going on. Like he misses like the kid Jack misses the big like I don't know point of the sports game. Mm, the he, big he yeah. the he's supposed to catch it. There's somebody the hits sticky the ball wicket to the out- or something. I don't somebody know. Somebody hits the ball to the outfield. He gets he- a grounder and then pop up. <laughs> Umpire, you don't even want to be corrected. Bat? You just want to name Bat? things. Is that a thing? Now you're just doing that Scott Stapp song from the Marlins. <laughs> Let's uh, play ball. Um, so it's just, he misses it, and it's still like ting a ting a ting a ting. It's just the happiest little piano jaunty piano tune. It's so weird. Yeah, they go the the same kind of theme piano theme goes on for about like five scenes, like five yeah. cuts of the same kind of. And it's, and it's really dropped odd. once we get to Neverland. Then yeah. the music is like, oh, okay, this is a John Williams score. Yeah. Big brassy numbers. It's kind of normal after that. I don't know if they, maybe it was something they had to like plug in. Maybe maybe, maybe it got replaced. Maybe, maybe John Williams was like, uh, you know what, I'll get to the American part of the movie after vacation. And then he like breaks all his fingers, all his composing fingers. <laughs> Those are my money on, makers. <laughs> on, on, on vacation. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, this is... I was petting a horse with both hands. (laughs) And he bit my fingers off. I'm John Williams over here. I thought you were going to say that John Williams came back to it like George Lucas and like redid the music. And it's all like dubstep. Like he just like puts new technology in there. Jabba the Hudson, it's still, we don't need him. He shouldn't be in this movie. Okay, moving on. Um, The the entire family. So this is uh, Peter, his wife Moira, um, and his two kids, Jack and Maggie. Is it Maggie? Yeah. They fly to England to visit Wendy, who is Wendy of Peter Pan fame. Right. But it's Moira's grandmother. Correct. Played by Dame Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith. Not to be confused with Maggie, the daughter. The daughter in the movie. And Uh, I I wrote, next line I wrote here is, my word is my bond. (laughs) That is, yeah, he says it constantly. uh, Uh, Peter Peter uh, Pan. Peter Peter Williams. Who's Peter Williams? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, He says it uh, when, when Jack calls him out on like, hey, that's my big game tomorrow. He's like, don't worry, I'll be there. My word is my bond. And then, and then when he misses the big game on the flight, 
on the plate on the flight. Sure. He says it again, and and Jack goes junk bond. Nice. And I'm like, ooh, solid burn. Yeah, that was a good. Got a lot of bond, especially jokes. for a kid. I'm like, what do you? What the fuck do you know about junk bonds? At some point, you don't in, know Jack. They're at Wendy's Jack, house, Jack. which is the the setting of the original Peter Pan. Right, and, and we find out that she lived next door to J.M. Barry, who used to hear her stories all the time the about Peter Pan and Neverland and Captain Hook and the so. In Indians. this in this universe, in the universe of this movie, not only does Peter Pan exist in the terms of a flying boy who goes to Neverland, but also the story Peter Pan that we are all familiar with also exists. Exactly. Which is pretty clever. Which makes sense because they were watching a play about Peter Pan at the beginning. Right. That would be weird if it didn't. Um, uh, At some point, he's still kind of um, taking phone calls and eventually his wife throws his phone out of the window. Right. uh, Which is supposed to be a seminal moment, but really is just showing her frustration, I guess. I guess. and then we have a touching speech about, you know, your kids want to play with you right now. They're chasing you around wanting to play. How long do you think that's going to last? You'll mm. be chasing them in a few years. Which is one of the first shifts between tolerable, even bordering on charming, to immediately schmaltzy. <laughs> it also, that's the first time in this movie, and not the last time, yeah. where I go, who the fuck is this movie for? It seems like it's, well, we'll get to it later. I don't want to get too deep into analysis yet. Well, just put a pin in that. Yeah. Who um, is the audience for Hook? <laughs> um, 34-year-old men. Is that one straight? On, well, then I would say, well, so I'll reserve my verdict on this movie until the end. Um, we get, But we'll uh, see if it succeeded in the 34-year-old men. <laughs> in this role. very narrow demographic. Um so they go to a sort of ceremony honoring Wendy. They are dedicating a wing of a hospital to her. Right. It's going to be an orphan hospital. Why orphans need their own type of medicine, I'll never know. But uh, she is starting a children's hospital, and she's known for taking in orphans, I guess. Well, we all know orphanism is much like TB, <laughs> so you have to sort of isolate it. My uncle had orphanism. It was disturbing. Yeah. He had several parents that he went through before they were like, his parents won't take. He's an orphan. <laughs> his parents won't take. They brought in transplant parents, and it was just like, no. Transparent after transparents. His, his body is rejecting them. <laughs> I don't know why transparents <laughs> Ooh, Jeffrey Campbell, Jeff, Jeffrey Campbell as Moira. They um, kept bringing her in while Wendy is getting honored in this kind of a touching moment, I guess, because um, I guess Peter in this, in at least in his memory, was taken in by Wendy. Right. We find out. Well, I mean, in a little bit, we find out that Peter doesn't remember anything earlier than him being adopted by. Uh, that Wendy took him in at some point yeah. and found him American pa- parents in a very exposition-laden speech. She's like, yeah. you found me my American parents. And I was like, why would you ever say would the phrase say American, American parents? <laughs> my American transparents. <laughs> and then the, yeah, the Pfeffermans. There's a room full of uh, other people that were taken in by Wendy or helped. She helped find their home. So there's like the whole room stands. It's very touching. Oh, right. At, this, at, the, at the, the, the ceremony. Dinner. Yes. Yeah. And then while that's happen, happening, the kids are back at home getting hook-napped. Well, yeah, I There's guess. There's a horror movie scene where the doors of the of the home fling open. And this and green light. like green fog. And, and then... We forgot to mention that we've met two other people aside from Wendy. We've met yes. Toodles, 
who seems like a doddering old man who yeah. is crawling around on the floor saying, I lost them, I lost them. And Peter asks him, oh, what did you lose? He's like, I lost my marbles. And we also meet Liza, who is this very flamboyant yeah. housekeeper, question mark? Not sure. Put a pin in that, we'll look in that. Uh, we won't. She's a housekeeper or whatever. Yeah. Her name's Liza, and she's just very loud and uh, giggly and just, ah, ha, ha, she's always. She's like a Scottish Southern Baptist. <laughs> yeah. so it's a weird, it's a weird uh, kind of, yeah. I don't know what character. Oh, have faith in Bigore, I do declare, Mr. It. <laughs> and then. Uh, that so turned yes, into we, Transylvanian at the end. It did a little bit. Um, and then, uh, so, yeah, those two are sort of at that, they're at the house, but this sort of mystical force takes right, over. And it's actually and kind of like poltergeisty. It you is see like the, the kids from the beds uh, or uh, the cameras above them and their sheets like fly up into the yeah. ceiling and they're just screaming. There's clearly some magic happening there. Right. Um, and then we've got, I just wrote Phil Collins exclamation point <laughs> because we have a cameo from Phil Collins who plays the detective, the inspector yeah. mm-hmm. who comes to kind of see good. Good. <laughs> you're you. doing good. <laughs> he comes to see he's basically, he's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, well, I mean, when they, when they, when uh, Robin Williams and and the rest arrive home, uh, they see that there's this huge like gash going all the way yeah. through the wall. Toodles is babbling crazy talk, and Liza, the flamboyant Scottish Southern Baptist, has possibly one of the most haunting lines of the movie, yeah. where she goes, "The children are screaming." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what kind of movie is this?" Again. Who is the audience for Hook? <laughs> um, and then there's a big note on the door the with a big piratey knife in it. Uh, and it says, your children request your appearance. And I don't know, the, yeah. the Neverland Doubleday Hotel or whatever. <laughs> um, signed, James Hook. Uh, lobby of the Doubletree. Take a yeah, left. No, you want to go into Ballroom B? You're going to go ballroom down A-40. Is- uh, you're going to pass by the Narnia exit. Don't take it. No. Uh you're going to pass by Middle Earth on the right. Yeah. Um, There's a Tim Hortons. You're not going to want... <laughs> There's going to be a Cloverleaf over by Wonderland and uh, pass by the Hojo. You can't miss it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And so they've, they've got this note saying what's happened. And Phil Collins is kind of a... a uh, he's a real world cop, so he's not going to be able to solve this. And, and it's the first of many distraction, distracting cameos. I have to uh, take a moment as an aside just to tell you Here about we go. Uh, my friend uh, Kedron uh, once told me that she and her brother have a thing where they uh, call getting Collins, <laughs> which is uh-huh. if you can work. Um, I think it was just they would call and then, you know, they pick up. The phone. He's like, "Oh, my sister. Hello." And then you have to just say a, a Collins, Phil Collins quote, mm-hmm. some segment of Phil Collins lyrics, and then hang up. So you'd be like, uh, oh, "I got Collins." So I'd be like, "Oh, hey, uh, can I talk to DJ real quick?" Uh, hello. Uh, can you um, take me home? Because I don't remember. <laughs> or like, uh, and, and then I hang up, and you got to hang up. Yeah, I like, don't wait for you to say anything. Yeah, and then like, I text you. You got Collins. When do I scream? You got Collins because I'm not going to scream it at a hung up phone. I don't. I don't know if you say it or if they say. Ah, I got Collins. Oh, I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure. Like a curses. And I could be deal. getting the game wrong because I didn't play the game. Right. She just told me about it. I don't know. I imagine now this was sort of before texting 
uh, caught on when she told me about this, but maybe I could work it into conversation where I could just it, be like, I guess something happened on the way to heaven. And you'd be like, ah, <laughs> Do, It reminds me of, you know, that, um, that financial lady, she's, she's, she's a lesbian lady. She's an easy on lover. C- oh. CNBC. Uh, her name's, um, Sue, 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 studio. <laughs> I was like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> she's not financial. <laughs> You homophobe. <laughs> um, anyway, also, I love Phil Collins. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> right. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but I'm also not ashamed of it. But he's, this is his only scene. It seems weird to he like throw useless out in this the movie as a character for Phil Collins. And you yeah. don't even get a, like, a, a close-up of him. Uh, just a, another interjection here. I'm not sure how expensive he is for a, movie, <laughs> sure. For a cameo sure, sure. in a Spielberg maybe, film. Maybe. Um, I'm sure he got his union rate. Um, shortly thereafter, Wendy tells Peter of his true childhood. Uh, she found him like his parents lost him. Or something well, the, like that. she his tells him she tells him that away. he's born uh, with the inability to dance, and he sort of stammers <laughs> out that he's like, I, I, I can't dance. I can't. Walk. But I've got a perfect body with a perfect face. That is Genesis, my friend. I might actually- get out. <laughs> I might actually be out you're of Phil Collins' no, lyrics. You're no longer point. welcome in this podcast. She says, uh, "She." That's when she asks, "Do you remember what's the earliest memory you remember?" And he mentions, "You know, you gave me to my American parents." Right. Normal phrasing. Um, and she says, "Yes, but you were twelve or thirteen by then. What, what's your what? What do you remember earlier than that?" And he, yeah. we find out. And then she says, uh, "She tells him that you know you are Peter Pan from the book." And the like, books are real. And he's like, oh, no, she's crazy and senile. And she's like, yeah. no, for real. You got to go get your kids. And then he goes and uh, goes back to the nursery where the kids were kidnapped. He has a scotch. And that's where he meets Tinkerbell. the lightning bug from hell. Yeah, firefly from hell. He right. Sorry. Her. Yeah. Because he doesn't understand that it's a, a little Julie Roberts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she shows up and uh, kicks his ass. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of convinces or it's a weird segment because she uh, kind of, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt here in that Julia Roberts is a fine actress. Yeah. I have nothing against yeah. her. Um, but I am assuming because she is shrunken and I mean, she's up, she's playing fairy sized Julia Roberts. Yeah. She is acting to nothing. And so I feel like she very much feels like a high school kid, like just reciting lines. They sort of sound in the cadence of a human, but they don't match anyone who's talking to her. Well, and her her lines are all very um, like from original Barry. Like they're very like old, like yeah, they're very theater. We, yeah, lines with some rhyming and some mm-hmm. like lilting into it. So I don't know. I mean, it might not entirely be her fault too, right. just the way that, that she was told to deliver the lines. But um, eventually, she kind of uh wraps Peter up in a in a blanket and takes him away to Neverland, sprinkles some fairy dust on him and takes him away. Um so now he's in Neverland as well. Right. Um as soon as he gets there, he as he's walking um out of where oh, they right. landed, uh-huh. he's attacked by pirates and then Tinkerbell kicks their asses. Uh, <laughs> right. And gets cool. him a disguise to cover, you know, yeah. get killed, you know, the old Indiana Jones trick of take a pirate's disguise and, sure. and you know, dress him up. Uh, just <laughs> go behind that crate and then make some noise, some right. rustling and noise. Then, and then you and then come, come out, out two seconds later completely dressed in different dressed. clothing. Um, and then we, we cut to Hook, first appearance of Hook, presented by Smee, uh, his 
uh, young assistant, young assistant is, <laughs> is not young. Played by the live Bob Hoskins. His, Ooh, uh, just the buttermilk skin of Bob Hoskins. <laughs> um, Gorgeous, leggy Bob Hoskins. Bumbling Bob Hoskins. Well, we, we get, first see the hook being sharpened and then delivered on a red pillow. Yeah, There's right. this like tension building and everyone starts cheering hook. I'm trying hook, to skip ahead hook, of some hook, of these hook, things. Hook, hook. And then we see David Crosby, and we're like, was that David Crosby? Okay, well, the yeah. movie's just going to keep going? All right. We've got David Crosby in that scene, and then uh, Hook kind of makes some weird statements, and it doesn't really matter. And then he singles out a pirate, and we think for a second it's going to be Robin Williams, who's hiding in disguise amongst the other pirates. Right, he says there's someone here on. who's not a true believer, essentially, and uh, he picks out a very feminine-looking but bearded uh, pirate standing next to... Robin Williams, that turns out to be... I mean, I don't say turns out to be. It's not like we discover. Yeah. In the, but it's Glenn Close. It's dressed Glenn as a Close, male pirate. Dressed as a male pirate. A male pirate. And this does not service this movie in any way. I guess it sort of shows us how cruel Hook is, because he then has her stuck in, okay. a, or him, the character, I guess into I meant a box. the fact that it's Glenn Close. <laughs> right, no, really, it's weird. It's, it's not I mean, reveal. this movie is full of these weird cameos of... Yeah recognizable celebrities doing nothing. I wonder if it's just like, uh, yeah, I'll be on that. Or like they yeah. wanted to be in that movie or, or something. Or these people loved Peter Pan so much. Or they owed Steven Spielberg, Spielberg a favor or He's something. He's like, I can't, uh, I don't want to, I can't find a one more extra for this. <laughs> so I guess I'll just pay $2,000 a minute for Glenn Close. Um, so Hook bring, brings the uh, kids out. He's got him in like a in a cartoon net, net. Yeah. yes. And uh, of course, you know, uh, Peter can't stay silent anymore. He mm-hmm. reveals himself, and then he's just like, "Okay, what do you want? Let's let's get out of here." Let he offers to go pay home. for the kids, um, but Hook doesn't actually believe it's Peter Peter Pan, and uh, Peter doesn't either. He's kind of like, "Yeah, I'm not. What? What's right. up? I can't fly." But eventually, they uh, he like reveals his scar. He has a scar which Peter thinks is an appendix scar, but mm-hmm. is apparently from some battle they had at some point. Um, blah blah blah. They're gonna kill all of them. Eventually, Tinkerbell convinces through some thing. Somehow, she convinces Hook to give him uh, give her three days to kind of make Pan ready. Because really, what Hook wants is a fight. He wants a he war wants his war. Yeah, with. Peter Pan and I guess the Lost Boys. He doesn't really say anything about that. He just wants the battle with his equal, his uh, foil, which his would rival. Peter, yeah, his rival. Um, and then uh, so he agrees to let Tinkerbell take Peter away and train him for three days. Get a little Rocky montage, I guess. And uh, while they're in the course of this, Peter falls off the gangplank. And into the water, and then we get some weird, sexy mermaids happening. Yeah, they float up, and I guess the idea is that they're, like, giving him oxygen to breathe. Yeah, they kind of make out with him But, I mean, second. it's really more like Steven Spielberg's, like, I'm an old, middle-aged man. What would be hot? Oh, if these nubile, young fish teenagers came up <laughs> and made out with our main character. And then we get, uh, we get to go see the Lost Boys, um, and the first appearance of Rufio. Now, this can't be used against me in court, correct? Um, let's say no, it can't. <laughs> For the sake of argument, no. Yeah. 
So that's the first appearance. Not a lawyer, anybody listening at home. The very toyetic appearance, I should add, of Rufio. He Come comes again? Oh. He comes <laughs> in on this, like, uh, like a sail skateboard. Sail kind of. skateboard that's yeah. on a track that runs through the Lost Boys hangout. Yeah. Where they also have basketball, skateboarding. What, I should mention Which that. Which is amazing that J.M. Barry invented basketball. <laughs> right. For the sake of this story. <laughs> uh, just... I haven't mentioned this yet, but we have walked onto my high school theater back room <laughs> now because everything's very like uh, <laughs> black, small black box theater, but also some cool cinematography at the same time. Like it's really small, right? Compact, creative sets, but like in a really small area, but with interesting backdrops, like kind of placed behind. It's really, it's it's kind of cool because it's like. Intentionally, or it seems intentionally. No, a lot of the sets in this movie are pretty great, um, yeah. and uh, they're not like realistic in the sense of like it looks like a theater play, but uh, like that's cool in this setting, right? You know, it, it makes sense. I mean, the they, they have like snow at one point, and there's the little penguins, and there's like a basketball court, and this track that runs all the way through it. One of the things I liked in the montage when they're actually training Peter Pan is that there's this. Uh, shot where you see him like marching on one side, the camera pans to the right and you see him over there and then the camera pans down and he pops up doing sit-ups. I don't know if you caught that one, but it uh-uh. was like you got three pans in one shot. I'm sure uh-huh. they're all body doubles, but I mean, right. it was a really cool way to do a montage without doing like jump cuts. Right. Uh, I missed that one. I'll have to uh, rewatch it again. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> so uh, bev- before they agree Maybe to take another... Him- 20 years before you hop back on this train. <laughs> um, before the Lost Boys agree to train him, they're, Sorry, they're kind yes. of, they're kind of, there's a little like, dick swinging before. Yeah. They're a little, uh, do a little intimidation thing and they want to kill him. They say kill him. Rufio right. kind of pulls a sword and, but it's clear that they're kind of playing. Right. They're they like, seem to be shooting. It's like, it's, they almost shoot arrows at him, but they seem to be like caramel apples yeah, or something like rather than anything. arrows. Yeah. And then they're like playing basketball and running skateboards at the same time as they're kind of pushing him around. So right. They're just sort of roughing him up. Yeah. It's kind of rough housing with him. And Rufio, I mean, definitely does not believe he's the pan. He's like, you're old and all adults are pirates. Yeah. So you're a pirate and we kill pirates. And then, um, and he's got this sort of sexy swagger going on. <laughs> he's got his midriff showing. And then right. they do another thing that I had I had forgotten, but uh, memories came flooding back when we got to the scene where they're kind of on the basketball court, and they just say "play," and they throw right. basketballs in his face, yeah. which is a thing that kids would do. Uh, kids are the worst in school. And I remember being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And they just go like, "Play." And uh, luckily it wasn't always directed at me. Otherwise, I might be just sobbing right now. <laughs> but there was a couple times where I'm like, uh, no, no. Or, or no. yeah. Well, even if, if you I just was, give me the ball. Or, yeah, thanks for passing the ball to me, I guess. But Rufio draws a line in the sand. Yes. As Walter Sobchak, across this line. You do not. Uh, Rufio draws a line in the sand and says, anyone who does not believe that this is Peter Pan, cross the line. And I'm sem- semi-humorously... Peter crosses the line right. and Tink pulls him back and says, you're embarrassing me. Yeah. And then all the lust boys cross the line and, you know, because they're, did I say lust boys? Your yes. honor, <laughs> your honor, I vote for that here. to be stricken from the record. Uh, they, uh, there's, but one lost boy remains on the other side of the, the line. He's this little kid and he has Peter Pan, Peter Banning, your honor, um, kneel down and, uh, he pulls, he like tries to sort of straighten out 
Robin's wrinkles. Yeah, he touches his face all over. Pulls his face, and then he says, oh, there you are, Peter. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and there's this like, this really sappy music playing, and then all the other Lost Boys, Sans Rufio, come by and do the same thing, and then they all believe he's Peter Pan. And then, montage! Sports montage! Yeah, a little bit of training. Yeah. A little bit of training starts. But uh, we got to cut back to Hook. For, oh, sorry. <laughs> for a little bit of fun with suicide. Oh, Jesus. Um, we get a scene of, uh, this is, it's really kind of disturbing, but it's also kind of an interesting character glimpse. It's also kind of pointless. Well, it's that too, but because <laughs> uh, we've got, um, uh, Hook is just holding a gun to his head saying, don't try to stop me, Smee. Don't try well, to stop well, me. Well, he's sad because he's like, my nemesis that I spent all this effort trying to get him to lure him back to me, uh, he's not a worthwhile opponent. So what's the point anymore? Right. Death is the only real adventure. And he threatens to kill himself, but he's also trying to hint at the same time to Smee to stop him from killing himself. Yeah. And he's like, don't Smee try to being stop me. Dim. Don't try to stop me. Try to stop me. Try to stop me. <laughs> and Smee being dim takes a little while to pick up on it. Yeah. Um, but then Smee comes up with the idea that later Hook claims he came up with the idea of getting Pan's children to love Hook, to like yeah. make them switch, switch allegiances to Hook's side. Um, and, uh, then Hook has a weird, aha, 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 this weird, like, yeah, musical laugh. Yeah. I don't don't know where it was. Like slam poetry laugh. Maybe we cut back to the, the lost boys and they're eating imaginary food. Right. They have this big, uh, Robin's all sore or Peter's all sore from his montage. Uh, and, uh, you see, he smells dinner, and he's, the, the, all the kids have these huge steamer trays full of, you know, what we presume is food, and they open, and they're empty. But all the kids keep reaching for stuff and pretending to eat stuff. And they're play acting. It's supposed to be charming. Yeah. And then, uh, eventually, uh, they get in a little... Rufio and Peter get in a insult off, which is apparently a thing. Right. And Rufio starts, you know, much, doing a much better job at it, because he's... He's a lost boy. But the insults are all very, like, kid-friendly. So yeah. like, you pimpled puss a lot or of fart, something. Farts you fart monkey Philistine. They wouldn't have even said Philistine. Even <laughs> that was Although he did, uh, Peter did use paramecium. That's true. And so they go back and forth, and Peter eventually kind of gets his wings, and uh, metaphorically, and kind of uh, gets some good insults in. And then eventually flicks imaginary food at Rufio's face, and it, becomes real right and then you're like oh wow this movie's really charming now this is kind of cute and then the kids are like you're doing it peter yeah and he's like doing what immediately using your imagination (laughs) and i'm like fuck my ass (laughs) it gets immediately (laughs) weird i gotta read you the next line of my notes here just for me (laughs) girl sings song hook is weird about clocks (laughs) Just really the copious That is a notes. weird moment. Not the clocks moment, but the girl, the, you know, the kids all go to Wendy, bed. Wendy, or uh, Maggie. Uh, Maggie, you hear her singing this song, this mournful song. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's like obviously been, it's her singing, but it's not her singing live. It's like been yeah. dubbed in after the fact. But it's like, you're not alone, Lord, Mama, Mama. 
and all the pirates are just sort of like listening and staring at her and she's like holding herself up against like a, a, a mast she's or posing something. for senior photos yeah totally it's pirate really, themed like scene. olin mills came by uh and then uh hook comes by um and he gives probably the face of the audience where he just sort of like has like this face of like what the fuck movie is this? That's what how I read it. It was like while smoking a what double the fuck cigar. Did I sign? Cool. He does have a cool uh, within a little double cigar holder. Yeah. Um. But it was just like this weird moment where was this movie supposed to be a musical at some point? Who knows? Jesus. But then uh, Hook takes Jack, the the other kid, to uh, or no, uh, sorry. And then uh, Jack has fallen asleep in Hook's chambers, and Hook wakes up because he hears the the stop or the uh, oh we forgot clock. to mention the yeah, fucking mention watch the, the pocket watch that uh, Peter had given Jack earlier. I don't know how we forgot to mention this. It's so eloquently worked into the plot <laughs> yeah. in a normal way. Just Jack's so... going to bed when he's still at at the beginning of the film when he's still at uh, Aunt uh, Grandma Wendy's house. Jack is going to bed and. Apropos of nothing, Peter goes, hey, Jack, I want you to have my watch so you always know what time it is. Yeah. End communication. <laughs> what? And I'm like, and I said, I guess that probably won't play into the plot. <laughs> Fast forward, we've got uh, Jack has fallen asleep in Hook's chambers and Hook is woken up by the sound. You see his little mustache twitching. Um, to the sound of the clock, and he freaks out when he wakes up, and then they figure out that Smee figures out that it's just this pocket watch, and they take it to the museum, to the museum. Where all these dead clocks are, because, all these smashed clocks. Yeah. So what was the thing in the original, Peter Pan? So the, the, the crocodile Peter- had swallowed a clock, so he could hear... Hook, I think, tricks him, tricks the crocodile into eating a clock so that he could always hear the crocodile coming. Yeah. So that, it that, triggers a fear of clocks, though, in yeah. him. Okay. So they take the, the pocket watch to this museum and they smash it. Or they, ha- they smash some other clocks and then they have Jack smash his own his Father's dad's stop, pocket watch. stopwatch. Yeah. And while also listing out for both Hook and us in the audience mm. all the ways his father had disappointed him. Wouldn't even let him jump on his But own the bed. weird thing is, is that... Uh, if if Peter Pan were there, I think he would tell Jack, "You'll be in my heart. <laughs> You'll be in my heart." Oh, Collins, <laughs> how long you been saving that one? I was like, "When can I work it in?" <laughs> okay, um, we've got a weird, wacky baseball game. The, I mean, this is—I'm of two minds of this. There is a charm, you're, you're like two hearts and just one mind. <laughs> um, yes, didn't even play on that one. They're, uh, Collins. <laughs> I'm seriously out of Collins lyrics. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I've got enough for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> what if you just start feeding me some? <laughs> yeah, just slip. You can't hear. I'm slipping Damon notes. Just okay. Anyway. What the fuck does this even mean? <laughs> I would have put in a Collins lyric there, but I'm literally out of Collins lyrics. <laughs> Why would I say I wish it would rain? That doesn't even make <laughs> there, any Oh, sense. that is a good one. Uh, this the baseball game is kind. Of, I'm two of two minds about it. There are some yeah. funny parts in that. At one point, Smee asks Jack if all the mates are standing or if they're on horseback. Yeah. Um. So I mean, their confusion. Both teams are called the Pirates. I found that right. charming. Yeah. Smee is very charming in pitching. He yeah. Pitches very flamboyantly, but also ineffective. 
flavor. Uh, like he's got this big wind up and then he just stands. He back just sort still. of throws it <laughs> from a standstill. Um, but it's also like, why the fuck is Captain Hook at a baseball game? Well, he's he's trying to make Jack on his side. No, he's, no, no. no. All... I mean, I understand in the okay. plot, but why is this one of the classic figures from literature <laughs> at a goddamn baseball game? <laughs> Um, it was just a weird moment. And uh, so they're at this baseball game. Hook yeah. is in the stands. He takes off his hook and puts a baseball mitt hook on. Yeah. Which I don't even know if this is true, but I can almost fucking guarantee there's a Captain Hook doll from this movie <laughs> that has an attachable fucking baseball mitt. Um, but the Lost Boys come in classic children mode. Two children in a giant coat. <laughs> On each other's shoulders, Peter Pan with them, and they're going to play, what was the name, Catch the Hook or Steal the Hook? Yeah, they're trying to steal Captain Hook's hooks. Which, luckily, Captain Hook just took off his hook to put on this fucking baseball mitt thing. Um, But right when he's about to take the hook, uh, Peter Pan notices his child is about to... Go to bat. Go to bat, thank you. Hit balls, (laughs) um, was what I was going to go with. Yeah. Um, And he's like, oh, not the curveball. He gets into it because he's a loving father or something. Sure. Um, Jack hits the ball and uh, Captain Hook says, good job, my Jack, which is also a weird phrasing. Yeah. And uh, Peter Pan goes, no, my my Jack. Jack. He hits the baseball so far. Jack hits the baseball so far up in the air. uh, And Peter Pan is um, so heartbroken that he might be losing his son that he goes back to the lost boy's the layer alcove kind of or whatever goes back lost boys bay or whatever <laughs> uh boys town i believe it's called boys town um <laughs> and he uh, this is another weird moment in the movie he like he like you see him jumping up in the air and falling flat on his face and he sort of pulls himself up a little bit and sort of just barely looks off camera and goes gotta fly and then he like sort of runs up to a ledge and jumps off again yeah. i'm like I, I i knew what he was doing movie you didn't have to have him directly address me yeah but he he's trying to figure out uh how to fly and he can't figure out how to do it but then he encounters his shadow character well he gets hit on the head with the baseball when it finally comes down yeah and then he sees his shadow yes yeah in a nod to the original scene from the play first the uh the ball hits him on the head and it falls in the little pond then he looks in the pond and he sees his younger self yeah classic gets up from that he grabs the baseball and then he sees a shadow and this shadow is its own character and kind of like beckons him to go somewhere else and he sees his name wendy's name and some other characters that i don't know toodles Uh, toodles who is back uh right and then john and some other well john and michael are the other two kids that came in the original adventure it was wendy john and michael and they he touches the their names carved and it opens like a secret layer the bat cave yeah the pan cave pancake (laughs) and uh uh tinkerbell's in there and in a ball gown ball gown inexplicably never explained why well she's waiting for him she's jonesing for the pan bones in exactly which would literally kill her So that's when he starts remembering everything from Netherland, and he's like, oh, I remember Wendy used to tell us stories from this chair, but this chair wasn't here. It was over there. Yeah. And Tinkerbell, your little place, was over here. And and he picks up the thimble, which, you know, he's like, oh, I remember this. And then he gets his flashback. He remembers his mom. He remembers Goop. And this is all... <laughs> he rem- well, he remembers his mom at first as a baby. He's in a little bassinet, and it's obviously, like, I guess I'm assuming, like, turn of the century, like, 1900s. Yeah. Um... And he he explained his voiceover says I ran away because I didn't want to grow up, but 
He's a baby, and the bassinet just starts moving on its own, a la Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Um, Sounds like he had magic. So Vigo is involved in this in some way. Uh, have you ever seen Vigo and Captain Hook in the same place together? No. Mm. Mm. Uh, anyway, so then we find out that Tinkerbell discovers him once he runs away and teaches him how to fly, and I guess takes him to Neverland. And he grows up a little, but not too much. Yeah. Uh, he apparently keeps coming back to Earth, and he finds his mom... When he's a tween, and he sees that she had another baby, and she forgot about him in yeah. his mind. So then he starts coming into other people's windows, including Gwyneth Paltrow's goopy window. Yeah. Um, and she's Wendy. And she's Wendy. AKA Young Wendy. Dame Maggie Smith. Right. Because she gets I would older. still have preferred it if they just got 56-year-old Maggie Smith. Hello! <laughs> um, but uh, Gwyneth Paltrow plays uh, Young Wendy. Wendy. Mm-hmm. And we see that he keeps coming back year after year, and she keeps getting older, and then eventually he comes back, and it's Maggie Smith. And he's like, oh, what? This is so weird. Yeah. Uh, can we still, like, fool around? <laughs> uh, and she's like, I have my own daughter, and they have their kid children, too. That's my granddaughter over here that I'm hanging out in her room while she sleeps. And she has, like, a Hard Day's Night poster, and you're like, I get it, movie. Yeah, thank uh, you. And he's like, I'm going to give her a kiss. And she's like, oh, no, don't give her a kiss. She'll swallow it? No. She, she's, <laughs> she's sleeping. <laughs> Totally so inappropriate. Uh, he says, no, I want to give her a real kiss. And then he like bends down to kiss the sleeping girl. First off, she has agency. Get consent, Peter Pan. Not Second cool. off, like Maggie Smith is just standing there. She's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on, movie? And Have the- you ever seen people interact together? And then we get uh, Tinkerbell has, is seeing this go down, and she's... And she's jealous, like, even though wasn't WTF. she already jealous of Wendy like years ago? Yeah. In the original story, I don't fucking know or care at this point. <laughs> so anyway, Peter Pan finally remembers and Learns he finally remembers his happy thought, which is the day Jack was born. Yeah. At which point we were like, don't you have a daughter too? <laughs> but he's, the movie's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Jack is cool. And he starts flying around and instantaneously forgets that he has kids at all. Yeah. Even though his kids are his happy thought, he immediately goes back to being Peter Pan. Rufio admits he's Peter Pan. He's like, he falls down on his knees in front of a betighted uh, Robin Williams, who had to be shaved every day for this role, by the way. Really? Um, He's a very suit man. That's true. Uh, so anyway, a young uh, 13-year-old boy uh, with bare midriff falls down on his knees in front of <laughs> oh, come uh, an on. older man. <laughs> And hands him his sword. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say paging Dr. I think Freud. You're putting the context. <laughs> I feel like a lot of this is you, Damon. Uh, anyway, he he seeds his leadership of the Lost Boys yeah. and Boys Town to uh, Peter Pan, who then like goofing off, and he's like, "Hey, Tink, remember that time we were like hanging out?" And she's like, "Do you remember your kids?" And he's like, "What?" And she's yeah. like, "Huh, you're a dick." And then all of a sudden, like she gets super big. She becomes. Big, because that's her wish. I guess you just get that sometimes. I'm literally like just looking around the room. I don't know f- what the fuck this movie is doing anymore. But she like busts like, through her own apartment just to be big, 
for like five minutes, make out with with a married man after chastising him for forgetting his kids. She kisses Peter Pan like really passionately. And he's like, wait, I got a wife, lady. And she's like, what, huh? Don't you want to hang out for a bit? And he's like, I got to save my kids. And it's like, what the fuck is this scene doing? And then she she shrinks back down. And I'm like, what was that? And I feel like, again, it was Steven Spielberg going like, wouldn't it kind of be hot for an older man to kiss Julia Roberts? (laughs) Not not to uh, to come back to this well too many times. But oh, I'm sorry. Gonna read you the the notes here. <laughs> Tink gets big, make out, no go, small again. <laughs> <laughs> no go, hard pass. Says Peter Pan. This is literally a sixty second scene that this all goes down, and it's so awkward. And it again raises the question: Who is the audience here? And so. Fast forward a little bit. Uh, and if Tink wanted to like do it with Peter Pan, why didn't she bigify herself ages ago? Yeah. I don't know. That was probably the only thing holding back. She's a cute girl. Yeah. Got that pixie cut. But she's wings. like in her late 20s, early 30s. So like she kind of missed the window because the first time he would have been too young. Right. That's and true. He was gone and now he's kind of too old. Right. Yeah. So they would look ridiculous together. <laughs> So fast forwarding a little bit, uh, we get to uh, Peter shows up on the pirate ship on Captain Hook's ship to save his kids. But Finally. now Jack is kind of brainwashed and like dressed like Captain Hook. He's kind of under cute Hook's outfit. Power. Yeah, it's very fun <laughs> cosplay. It's great. <laughs> they they look good together. Um, <laughs> I like it when couples dress alike. Too far, too and, far. <clears throat> then uh, so Peter goes up to fight Captain Hook and he, well, he just says, you know, come with me, Jack. And Jack's like, what? I am home. What? Who are you? So Do I know that man? Meanwhile, of, Maggie's like, I'm here too. And they're like, shut Whatever, up, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. God, I'm doing a scene over here. Uh, so they're gearing up to fight uh, Hook and Peter are, but then all the pirates attack. So now, uh, Peter's kind of stabbing all the pirates. Right. And he's like stabbing them. And then the Lost Boys come in with these kind of like uh, fun, you know, they shoot eggs. There's like a chicken in a nest and its eggs comes down and it shoots it right at them. Or they have these like paint things that spin around. And I'm like, wait a minute. Just before this battle goes on any further, are we killing the pirates (laughs) or are we pranking the pirates? Because I really think there's a mixed message going on here because they've got fucking swords. It's a little, it's a little, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi because it's like right, the they're e- like right. blasters, 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 and then like hit with rock, <laughs> and then oh, like, oh, I'm ruined. Fall down. My stormtrooper costume is ruined. <laughs> uh, and then we get so, uh, uh, and then Ernest Robert Williams pops up. Are you about to? Sorry, are you about to? Well, Peter goes to save Maggie because she calls for him. Right. Because she's getting attacked and by And he's pirates. like, who the fuck was that? Who knows my name here? Oh, right. Right. Whoops. And so because he goes away, Rufio is fighting Captain Hook. Because oh, they were about to fight. Right. The only thing I wanted to bring up is that there's this really cheesy part where... He's like fighting while also addressing his son. And he's like, I finally found my happy thought. Do you know what it was? And then he like flies up and he's like, it was you. And then he flies backwards. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Quit being a creep. It's just so weird. It just Um, really drives. It was you. Stop it, Robin. (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. And then we get. A kind of a nice uh, sword fight. There's actually some some good sword fighting in there. Some good stunting. Oh, between uh, Hook and and, uh, and Jimmy. 
Oh yeah, with Rufio, yeah. yeah, who's like in full on like drag. Yeah. He's got these got like makeup, these and... bamboo shoots coming out, and like a little cowl. He's got this like this 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 smoky eye going on. He's got some lascivious. Do you looks remember when we him? watched uh, Super Mario Brothers the movie, and there was that random woman with spikes? <laughs> Bertha. Like Bertha. He yeah. looks like Bertha. Um, Except very lithe young man. Yes. Again, Go on. I want to stress. Go on. <laughs> he is too young. But I can see, I just want to say, I can see why nine-year-old Damon was like, he's like hottie boombody. Damon, do you, he's want, got the, he's, do you want me to edit this all out? Like, Because this might be... Like if, if I get served, I have to <laughs> give up the raw material. Anyway, all I'm saying is that he's got some serious, like, lusty eyes for a 13-year-old. And I would yeah. imagine that a 9-year-old homosexual, Damon Xanthopoulos... Hypothetically. Hypothetically oh. homosexual, Damon Xanthopoulos would have been like, Oh, wow, 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 wow. Um, come on, you come up and see me sometime. <laughs> the part of young Damon Xanthopoulos would be played by Mae West, by the way. Yeah, it's per usual. So, uh, Rufio dies. <laughs> yeah. Stabbed. Rufio gets killed by Captain Hook. Stabbed. And there's no magic. There's no coming back. This is a, a real death. Yeah. He's dead. And then we get uh, probably your favorite part of the movie where <sighs> uh, Peter's kind of flying on his way back. And then as soon as Rufio stabbed, he a gust of weird wind like <laughs> blows him back and he goes, no. No. Ernest Robin Williams again. No. It's weird. It is weird. I because it also the, cuts it short. The edit cuts it short really yeah. quick, so it's like clipped as well, which adds to the awkwardness. Like it's just like sort of shoehorned in there. Um, anyway, then he grabs Rufio and almost like a dick move to Jack, who's standing right by there. Rufio's like, "By the way, if I could have a dad, I'd want one like you." And yeah. it's like. Why did, he, what did Robin Williams pay you to say? Oh, by the way, if you get stabbed, if you could just say you'd really like a dad like me, that'd be that'd really do a lot of effort and in me and my his, kids' relationship. With the last bit of effort left in his body, he side-eyes Jack. <laughs> <laughs> just give him the Fuck sidelong face. glance. Okay, so Rufio's dead. Um, and then we get uh, a nice... You died as you lived with a smoky eye. And we uh, get a, the final sword battle between uh, Peter and Hook, and it kind of goes... Uh, down off the ship and into the shipyard, and they're that's all over the place, back and forth, and then um, and they get like sparks when they smash their yeah swords together, and then uh, Captain Hook loses his sword, and then Peter gives it back to him, and, and they're like, now let's finish this, and you're like, what is finishing it? That's at this point? that's finishing it. You've disarmed your opponent. <laughs> like, what the fuck else are you looking for? Blood. Yeah. So, but the way that the uh, this finally ends is even weirder. And actually, once I saw this, I remembered leaving the theater as a kid, being like, "Wait, what?" So, oh, we forgot to mention. I mean, one of the the things, the centerpieces of the pirate area is the crocodile of Peter Pan fame, with its mouth pried open. The dead crocodile with its mouth pried open. It's been made into a clock. Yeah, I heard him. I I remember Hook uh, mentioning it, but I didn't remember seeing it before this final. You scene. do like when when You're when Robin over. first uh, arrives, when Peter first arrives in the pirate town in Neverland. He pulls open the little curtain that's he, that he's in, yeah. and he sees this clock spinning. And when he finally opens it more, he sees the crocodile clock. Oh, okay, okay. 
Um, um, and and Hook does mention that he turned that crocodile into a, a clock earlier. Yeah. Um, but so they're now sword fighting underneath the crocodile clock. Uh, and I guess, I don't know. Well, he finally disarms Captain Hook again, Captain Hook again and diswigs him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the wig falls adorably on one of the little Moppets, Lost Boys. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's like off center and like falling over his eyes. And I'm like, oh, kids are cute because they're like small humans. Um, and uh, Captain Hook uh, says, you know, uh, looks over at his wig and says, can you give me my dignity? Can I at least have that? I think I deserve that. And Robin Williams goes over and gets the wig, gives it back to to uh, Captain Hook and is like, you killed Rufio and kidnapped my kids. You don't deserve anything. I'm like, then why did you why did go you get the wig? Do that. Yeah. Um, so he says, so his kids actually stop Peter Pan from killing him and said, yeah. you know, he's just a bad sad man, man, sad old yeah. man. Let's leave him alone. Let's go home. And Peter Pan does, but Captain Hook swing pulls out one of those, you know, swords that he kept up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty long sword to keep up your sleeve. Like yeah. that would be, po- I feel like that would be stabbing your arm. Yeah. But he gets it and he like lunges at Peter Pan for the sake of argument. Let's just say Peter Pan dodges out of the way and he hits the <laughs> he hits the crocodile clock in the belly anyway. And the like, there's like that steam wakes up the crocodile. Everything I say here is with. Like multiple question marks and yeah. exclamation points. Commas, like he commas, stabs it. Marks. Steam comes out of the hole. The clock falls out of the crocodile's mouth. The crocodile looks down and goes and falls over. Captain, Captain Hook just sort of like makes sure he's like perfectly placed so that the mouth falls right on him. The yeah. mouth doesn't close, mind you. No. Captain Hook is gone. We're, we're presuming. And then and the got- crocodile burps, but no longer moves again. And it's just kind of landed on its mouth, its open mouth. Right. And so that's... That's... He's gone. That's it. He's been eaten. So I guess he got, like, vacuumed up into the mouth, like a pelican. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like a duck. (laughs) Um, It was very weird. And I remember being a kid being like, so is he dead? It was very vague. It was like, were they leaving it open for a sequel, or were they just sort of like... Or maybe they didn't... They wanted to do, like, a real... crocodile but they couldn't quite because the only thing that the crocodile does there's three things that it does that indicate that it's still alive because it doesn't look alive at all right except for uh when it gets stabbed steam comes out which i'm not counting because that doesn't mean anything because that doesn't make any that means that's meaningless and then but it does move its head down right but like it still As looks like yeah, it still looks like a kind of a statue. I mean, that could be, a, and it roars, and it does make a growling sound, and then it falls, which is not part of it. But then it burps, right? And that's it. And so it's kind of like, is it alive, or is that just right sounds the statue makes? It was really weird. Um, and I feel I feel like part of me wants to say was it possible they wanted a more live actiony crocodile, but I don't feel money was an issue for this movie. This was a seventy million like dollar movie. This is a it's, big budget movie for the time, and that's and every dollar seems to be on screen. Like it's very well set designed. I'll say, yeah, it's well designed, and it's and it's like uh, intentionally theatrical. And sure. so I guess you could say that that's it's kind of. And I guess they Going didn't that, want Peter Pan to kill Captain Hook, maybe for possible sequel chances, yeah. or it would make him look evil if he killed the villain. Sure, sure. But it was still also like, what? It was bizarre. So, it was a very weird ending. And then 
Oh, they leave the he leaves the big the big kid in charge the the chubby kid. I don't know what his name is. Who Neither. also gave him Toodles marbles? I yeah. should mention yeah. earlier in the film. And then we get the thirty-five minute epilogue. Why don't you? Uh, yeah, this take like us rivals there. Lord of the Rings for like. Uh, oh. All right, we got it. Yeah, everything was great. Credits, thanks. <laughs> uh, so he finally arrives. Well, the kids arrive home, but instead of waking their mother, they crawl into bed and cover themselves up. So the mom is just, she feels the cold breeze coming in from the window and it's just, she sees Wendy walks by and they sort of talk about, oh, we're missing our kids. It's so sad. And the kids Sometimes. are like, surprise, mommy. And it's we're like, here. haha, great. You were letting me pretend you were still dead ah, for a while longer. Kids. Stab, stab. <laughs> so she's uh, pleased. Um, and then and then we see Peter Pan wakes up, I assume in a park under yeah. a Peter Pan-like statue, mm-hmm. and he sees Bob Hoskins, Who presumably me. as Smee, sweeping up in the park. And he says, ooh, had a fight with the missus, eh? You'll at least have a fight with her when you get home, eh? And it's like, are you Smee? And it's like, and you said, is it all a dream? But the minute you said that, it pans up when you see Tinkerbell. Yeah. And she talks to, she says her goodbye to Peter Pan. So it's like, okay, so no. obviously that was Smee. And should we kill him? Arrest him? Yeah. Something? Uh, nope. The movie doesn't seem to care. Uh, and then he goes home, flips over the wall into Wendy's backyard, yeah. finds his cell phone that were th- was thrown away, finds you know brad back at the office and he keeps making jokes about oh man i got a i had a great fight with captain hook and blah 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 and he's like i gotta climb up a drain pipe why well because i'm out of fairy dust and so that's the only Duh. way to do it so he climbs up the pipe into oh man i just remember the best part oh um, it's getting there we're getting to the best jesus christ finally. we forgot to bring up what the thing is what the crisis is, but it doesn't matter yeah. uh so he climbs up the drain pipe onto the balcony of the window he knocks on the window and jack looks through the curtain and says do you have an appointment <laughs> and jack opens the door and robin williams says what did i go what did i tell you about this window oh he's leaving open <laughs> And it's just, and it's just, earlier in the film, he says, he says, I, if I've told you a hundred times, leave this window closed at all yeah. times, even though they just arrived at this place that he hasn't been for 10 years. But I mean, it was like, no, that's not what you said. And what a weird <laughs> thing to say. It was really bizarrely uh, phrased as well, too. It and it like, reminds me of that, that trope you hate in movies where someone's like, you son of a bitch. Good job. I could use a man. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then they all hug, and then he gives the marbles back to Toodles, and Toodles like, yay! And somehow, like, just having the marbles gave him fairy dust, and he can fly, even though none of the other Lost Boys could fly, so I guess, but I guess it doesn't matter as long as you have fairy dust and have a good thought in your brain. Yeah. I don't know. he flies I think Peter Pan's the only one who can fly whenever he wants. Okay. Except when he's on Earth. Okay. Maybe. And that's the end? And that's the end of this movie. Sort of. And then the the credits roll where we see Toodles like spin around the top of Big Ben or something. Uh All right, Damon. Uh, I feel like you have something to say about this movie. All right. So let me see what I... My biggest... I think my biggest complaint with this movie is like the tone... I feel like just when this movie's about to get charming, like the food fight scene is a great example. Yeah. Just when it's about to get charming, you're like, oh, I can kind of get swept away in this. It's sort of whimsical and fun and nonsensical. It gets super earnest, like really yeah. quick. 
Well, it's like you're using your imagination, Peter. Probably and my like fr- great. Now I'm sucked out of it again. I remember my mom. Yeah. Like when the, he gives when the the fat kid, for lack of a better term, because I don't remember his name, <laughs> yeah. gives him Toodles marbles. He's like, I think I can help you with your happy thought. By the way, we had to. Because they're all kid actors, we had to listen to every line the kids say like 600 times because no one was very good at speaking like a normal person would, enunciating yeah. their words. Like everything was, was just, everyone was mush mouth. This was Ralphie Parker level uh, uh, yeah. marble mouth. Um, but he's like, I think I can help you with your happy thought. My happy thought's my mom. And it's just like, oh my god! And right movie. before that, we were laughing at him because yeah. he, he had a really cute line where he was like, "Yeah, he did. Yeah, he lost him good." Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing, like near the end, I realized. I mean, we joked about this, but why is there even a daughter in the movie? Like, aside from being like really precocious and like yeah. a cloyingly sweet, like she doesn't serve any plot device except to be there and half of the movie she's forgotten about she like because she won't fall for hook's scheme he's like get her out of here and then we like don't see her for 45 minutes she's just in this like kidnapped nursery which we see for a second (laughs) what is going on (laughs) i mean i think kids acting i mean it's always tough it's dicey because you either get like they're just sort of saying whatever you want them to say, or you get the, sort of the Haley Joel Osment thing where they're acting really well, but they're really acting like adults. They're right. not acting like children. I will um, say this was better than some of the other things that we've even watched on this show, on this podcast is just because they were able to throw the lines around so much. There wasn't like, you know, none of the kids got so much screen time that it was, right. you could sort of see the glaring flaws. Like they were, it, it was not, I mean, they were all pretty terrible. All the kids. I mean, I think Jack, his son, was pretty good. Yeah. And Rufio was good. He was um, fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he wasn't. You're, you're giving he him said too much credit. He was really hot <laughs> and his pants got cut off at one point. Yeah. Um, which was also weird. I felt weird at that point. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was fine in that he said things like a human says things. Yeah. Sort of. When he got the cute little, uh, the kid with the suits. I liked the kid with the suits. Oh, yeah. That's that sort wearing. of like a Bronx kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. But there were so many Lost Boys, too, yeah. that it was sort of like the dwarves in The Hobbit. It was like, there's the the blonde one. Right. There's yeah. the, uh, twins. the twins who dress like, you know, 1900s Boy Scouts. And yeah. there's the one who looks like a deer. I don't know. Like, it's just <laughs> like, I don't know, they're, they're all my favorite. And the oh. fat one is yeah. here. Yeah. Well, there was that one, the one little white uh, kid that, like... The youngest, the smallest one. The red haired or the one who's like, you're using your imagination or whatever. You're doing it. Uh, the the red haired one. Like, yeah. There the, the was like, kept saying he was the smallest. I think he said it like oh, twice okay. in the movie. They kind of kept, he was the only one that was trying to like, in this kid cute? And I was like, this kid is getting on my fucking nerves. I can't understand. <laughs> Back off, Steven Spielberg. I can't understand anything he's saying. And he's annoying. Um, but generally speaking, they all had kind of their own, they just had a beat here or there. So it wasn't right. like, you know, you were Macaulay stuck Culkin with one? where it's like he, the the bulk of the movie is weighted right. on his shoulders. Well, that's true. But it's still as a collective, I was like, there's was too rough. many fucking kids in this movie. It was rough. Yeah. Cause you have the two kids of the, of the hero and you get all these lost boys. Um, I will say like Dustin Hoffman, obviously seems like he's having fun and yeah. I was kind of swept up in those moments. 
Um, I like Bob Hoskins too. I, th- I like those. those I think they had a good rapport. There was a scene where, where Captain Hook tries to clap yeah. and <laughs> Smee has to put up his hand so he can clap, yeah. which is pretty funny. I think they had a good rapport. Um, I feel like you don't get, like, I feel like there was all this buildup to Pan remembering himself, which was also like undercut when he finally remembers he's Peter Pan, he forgets the other half of him. So he has to also then re-remember that. Yeah. Uh, but you don't get a lot of, I feel like for a movie that's so reliant on building up this relationship between Hook and Pan, you just sort of never see them together except for that first scene and that last scene. And it's not very long together. And yeah, and it sort of relies on you knowing a lot about Peter Pan and me yeah. coming into it. I know Disney's Peter Pan very vaguely. Like I know yeah. the high points. There's a Captain Hook. There's a Crocodile. There's Lost Boys. Peter Pan. Tinkerbell. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, and it's sort of that. But I was like, what is Neverland like? I'm not really sure. Yeah. If it's like a Wonderland where there's absolutely no logic, or if there is there is its own interior logic, like Narnia or. Uh, uh, Middle Earth or something. I yeah. was like, how does this place work? I'm not exactly sure. I think it's more like a Wonderland type deal, but it's still, it still relied on me knowing my own and seemingly knowing the J.M. Barry story, yeah, rather than like the Disney-fied story. I think you've maybe kind of put put a finger on what what troubles me about this too is that like I didn't have uh, same thing where I was like vaguely familiar with the Disney Peter Pan. I never read the story. In any other production, I never saw like the play or the whatever. Right. Uh, and so, like coming to this, it didn't resonate with other than like, oh yeah, Tinkerbell's a thing. It did, but it didn't hit. Like it seemed like it was trying to resonate with like this. Like if you like, uh, like if a character was supposed to play Superman, they just ripped open their buttoned-up shirt and the big S showed up. I would be like, oh Superman, right? Because I'm familiar with the story. Yeah. But here, when like you know he stands up like Peter Pan, like with his hands on his hips. I'm kind of like, is that a thing? Is that a thing? I, kinda, I get right. it. I get it. Cause I'm not stupid, but I'm not, I'm also like, it doesn't resonate in any real way with me. Like I yeah. recognize it intellectually, but it doesn't emotionally or entertainment wise resonate. And I think the other way. thing about Peter Pan is that his, his, he's definitively a kid. Right. So having an adult play him sort of takes away the Superman S of Peter Pan. Right. And sort of like, Okay, we have a 45-year-old man standing around who's been shaved every day to look like a kid. It's weird. Um, so I, I feel like there was this, it was trying to play with his iconography that they also removed from it. Like they yeah. removed the essential iconography and then tried to pretend it was still there. It's like um, doing a Robin Hood story, but there's no fox anywhere. But instead, like, <laughs> what is this? What even is this? But instead, this? a Robin Hood's super rich and doesn't do anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, 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 I guess I wasn't familiar enough with what they were talking about. I think that's a good point. Um, I will say this, this movie, I, and I guess this sort of leads into my verdict. This movie is great, except for two things, the cast and the story. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think all the, I think all the necessary elements exist there as far as the story goes. Cast, no. But, uh, <laughs> as far as the, cause like. The, the idea is interesting, like right. that, that, oh, Peter Pan grew up and he doesn't remember these people. Like, I think that's a really interesting take on it. And that like, oh, this is a real thing. Peter Pan exists in the story, but it also exists in, in real life. That's, yeah, that's a clever take on it. Yeah. And, and like all the beats of the story, like he kidnaps, Hook kidnaps his kid. So mm-hmm. there's real stakes in it. Uh, and 
you know, Hook tries to kind of exploit the fact that he's not the best dad ever to get the kids on his side. Like, those are all decent story ideas, but something happened on the way to heaven. Oh! Did I already use that one? <laughs> no, you haven't. That's okay. a good job. Um, Colin! <laughs> but no, some, something happened between screenplay or between idea stage and screenplay or something to where, like, it didn't, it took all the... Obviously, this wasn't cut down too much. Right. Because this movie is two hours and 21 minutes, which is ridiculous for this it's story. It's fucking... Again, which also poses the question, who is this movie for? Yeah. Two and a half hours for kids? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this was aimed at kids. Like, that was their their idea. Well, I think the script was aimed at adults... Like who were too busy, maybe letting their kids' lives pass them by, and then the producers were like, "Oh, we can get a lot of toys out of this, right?" And it's like, well, the script is sort of focusing on like being older and like you know forgetting what it's like to be a child, and maybe yeah. you know wanting your children to grow up faster than they should. So this movie is what happened if the producers had had more say in finding Neverland. Is that what you're saying? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Starring Johnny Depp, your friend Johnny Depp. Oh, uh, um, yeah, but I, I think the set design is amazing. There's some um, cool stuff. The pirate ships are really cool. And you get some overhead shots of Neverland. Three and, moons. And you, there's three moons. There's two suns. The ocean is like this sort of Caribbean blue where you can see the bottom. And at the bottom is you can see a giant compass rose, which yeah. is a cool effect. Um, so there's these beautiful like set design and costume design generally I, I thought was great. Yeah. Um, I think Dustin Hoffman is great as Hook. I just think it like it's – you sort of poke a hole in the movie and it just falls flat. Like there's yeah. no, um, you know, I can hear it calling in the air tonight. <laughs> I couldn't work that in, but I realized we hadn't done that one yet. Ultimately though, it's just another day for you and me in paradise. <laughs> you <know>? Colin! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say, well, here's the thing but, as far as the verdict goes. Uh, Are you ready for the verdict? I guess, or, Yeah, no, sure. By all means. I think we've said our thing. Uh, I didn't like this as a kid. I didn't hate it. Right. So I'm going to go with my inner child was not an idiot simply because I kind of was ambivalent towards it, which is, I think, a fine reaction to this movie. I don't think it's so bad, especially if you're a kid. But if someone loved it, you would say their inner child is an idiot. Sure, yeah. Just to clarify that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, I also, I remember being a kid and being like, "Mm, yes, so. Yeah. and I remember also when seeing him like on TV like a few years later and being like, oh, I remember they made that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like this, I would I'd hate, hate to say it, but unless you are like a burgeoning set designer, your inner child is an idiot. <laughs> or you're a young burgeoning homosexual <laughs> <laughs> from the age of 9 to 14. Perhaps? Yeah, that's probably the roof on that. <laughs> yeah. Anything older, I mean, he's you definitely see him and you're like, you don't have any features. You are just an oval-faced kid. Uh, I think we're going to get some backlash on this, and I want to say that's fine. I want you to tell us about it. Email us, yourinnerchildisanidiot, gmail.com. We love getting hate mail. We love it. Yeah, or uh, any mail, really. March uh, of Dimes, newsletters, <laughs> that's fine. You're going to find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter, Y-I-C-I-A-I. Damon's on Twitter, Damon Zanth. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, DJ Phillips. All right. That's enough of that. Unpacking my sexual baggage. The movie. Thanks for joining us. Uh...
Uh, we'll see you next time.